It is Tuesday, September 27th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Monday Night Football wraps up week three in the NFL. And an AFC East quarterback's going to miss a couple of games. Aaron Judge stuck at 60 home runs. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. Welcome into Straight Out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Dallas Cowboys beat the New York Giants 23 to 16 on Monday Night Football. Mac Jones likely out multiple games with a severe high ankle sprain. And the Aaron Judge home run watch ends in disappointment again. Well, the Vegas lead is going to have to be Monday Night Football. The Giants and the Dallas Cowboys renewing a fun little rivalry in the NFC East. And Cooper Rush. <laughs> A.J. Cooper Rush improves to 3-0 as a starting quarterback. Yeah, and D- Dallas covers as a one-point dog. The over hits by a half a point over the closing line of 38 and a half. Not the most exciting game, although the second half did have some some drama, which was nice. Uh, and yeah, Cooper Rush, I, I still don't know if I can take this guy seriously, but the Cowboys are two and one. Uh, that's it, something that you wouldn't have thought w- with Cooper Rush out there. So credit where it's due. Cowboys are at least staying staying in the fight right here. Joining us on SOV AM this morning, Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Contest. And Fez, when it comes to a game that is a pick or a one-point line, Cowboys win and cover as a dog. Where do you go when you're looking to play a game like this? You know, I got to pull back the curtain. A lot of pros, when their game's close to pick them, they have no real opinion on the game, but we love teasing to plus seven and a half. And we kind of let the markets, it's like the wind blows, you know. Will San Fran be minus one and a half? Will they be plus one? Will the Giants be plus one? Will Dallas be plus one? We don't care. It should be a real close, competitive game. Just get it to one, because think about that. Does it really matter? Well, I guess it did matter with San Francisco. Bad example. But whether it's pick or plus one, it usually doesn't matter Mm -hmm. in terms of who's going to cover the game. But it makes all the difference, minus one versus plus one and minus one and a half, plus one and a half, when you can tease with a six or six and a half point teaser. We don't tease pick. Never, ever tease pick. But when it gets to plus one, now you can tease to plus seven and a half with a six and a half point teaser. Or it goes to plus two. You can tease up to plus eight. Those key numbers Long teasers through the three and through the seven, and that's why, kind of an um, a secret wise guy secret bookmaking secret, you got to be real careful when you move off of a pick in the NFL to a one or a one and a half. Not because you're going to get hit with advantage side bets, but those advantage teaser bets. Pros are just salivating to get a pick'em game at plus one and a half. And on that same note, it's sometimes you'll see a game stuck at nine. They don't want to put an eight and a half because they don't want to let you get through that three, right? Yeah. So a lot of books deal what they call teaser protection. It's like why are they dealing this funky line instead mm. of dealing eight? They go ahead and deal minus nine plus one oh two. Well, because they don't. That's their primary line, and they don't want you to be able to tease down through the three and through the seven, so they make it nine instead of eight. Yes. So you think the books then would be reluctant to move a game to those numbers that become teaser, like the, the, you're saying pros salivate over seeing a one so that they, they're not going to move it to that. Exactly right. So if I'm dealing, if I'm a bookmaker and I'm dealing pick them and I take a, a max bet from somebody, mm-hmm. I don't move it to minus one or minus one and a half. Mm, I just make, yeah. it, my, make it minus 125. And you know what? If you want to tease that minus 125 um, in either direction, you go right ahead. And this is one of those games where, depending on when you bet it during the week, you shouldn't have lost if you used a teaser. Exactly right, because there was a period of time where the Giants were actually getting plus one, and you'd get it up to the plus seven and a half. You again, you wouldn't play the six point teaser to plus seven. You would, you always have to get to the seven and a half. And I know people are like, "Well, it only hurts me when I push, and if I push, so that, that should be okay, right?" No, it's not okay. I'm not going to go into all the math. Um, gyrations. We did enough of that pre-production. Just you got to get seven. And a half. Well, let's talk about the math for a second because the typical NFL teaser now, if you're lucky, is going to cost you minus one twenty. 
for a six, six point points. teaser. Yes. What is the like? What are you willing to pay for that extra half point? What are you willing to pay to go to seven? Beautiful. So you need you need um, your basic strategy six points minus one twenty. That should be the vast majority of your teasers, and then an extra to six and a half points minus one thirty. At seven point teaser minus one forty, but I would personally only use those six and a half and those sevens for examples you mentioned. Like I got a nine point favorite, not a select nine when it's eight. Everyone's dealing nine, and I love the favorite example. We had several of them last week. Green Bay, Chicago. It's nine. You love Green Bay. You want to lay nine with Green Bay? Ooh, that's an attractive teaser. Six and a half points minus one thirty. You bring minus yeah minus one thirty. You bring it down to minus two and a half. Buffalo, Tennessee. Another game. It was nine for a while. In fact, that game opened seven and a half. Yeah. Goes and goes all the way up to ten. Don't lay ten. Tease the seven and a half, tease the eight. You can see how strong those teases were. I only like to talk about bets that won. Well, in hindsight, listen, Buff- Buffalo and that, that, that Buffalo with the Packers, you should have just parlayed. Like later points. You, you should have played the alternative minus yeah, 13 could. and a half, <laughs> obviously. Could. Yes. Well, the teaser comes through as the Dallas Cowboys win outright. In fact, what do you make of this, Fez? Of the 48 games that we've had through three weeks of the NFL, only six times the spread has mattered, meaning the underdog is either winning the game outright or the favorite is covering the spread. It's It seems like it's only the Detroit Lions that are losing games just and pick, covering spreads. Just pick the winner in non-Detroit games, <laughs> yes. right? And, you know, it's funny. Because I always look at this as it's a small sample. People are like that's a big. It's a big sample example for years in the Super Bowl. I'm old enough to know that, like in the in the late '90s, people would always come out. Oh, just pick, just bet the money line. You know, the, the the points never matter in the Super Bowl. And then, like right after New England started beating Carolina and Philly by three, and it's like all these uh, Bengals cover the Super Bowl. Everybody, the dog starts covering like crazy. It's random noise of a small sample. All things being equal. I, I hate money lines, and I like taking the spread. And here's why. Because money lines, the dastardly cockroach bookies, take too much VIG. It's not unusual. You'll see, like, on a seven-point favorite, minus 330, plus 250. So think about that. If the correct number is anywhere between 250 and 330, maybe the correct number, no VIG, is minus 280, plus 280. Maybe it's minus 315, plus 315. You see where I'm going. It's like the price is right. They have an 80-cent corridor, the bookies do, where if they're right, or even close to it, within 40 cents of a minus 290, plus 290, there's no advantageous bet to be made because of the big straddle. But you shrink that to a minus 110 in each direction when you're betting the point spread, and now you can shop for an even better number. That's where the vast majority of the pros make their bones, make their money, is playing against the spread. All right, Scott, let's talk about this game in particular. The Cowboys get the win late. Is this... Uh, obviously, you've you've been high on the Giants. Mm-hmm. I think you liked the Giants again tonight. Yeah. Did your opinion on the Giants change any after they lose to Cooper Rush? A little bit because of how bad the offensive line looked tonight. And D- Daniel Jones has been hit more times than any quarterback this season. And he was sacked a bunch of times tonight. He was pressured. He was hit after he threw the ball. And give him credit for standing tough in the pocket and taking these hits after releasing the football. But that's just too many hits for your quarterback to take. Not to mention every time he got hit when he ran the football as well. And I don't know if he's going to be the quarterback next year. The Giants didn't pick up his 50-year option. But for his long-term just health, he can't continue taking these hits. And the Giants have to do a better job of protecting him. This offensive line has major issues. Do you realize that of all the offensive linemen that, that they have drafted, since 2010, I believe, none of them signed a second contract with the Giants. Yeah. They have swung and missed on every offensive lineman that they have drafted in recent history. It's terrible, and it showed here tonight against a really good Dallas Cowboys pass rush. Yeah, and that was part of what we expected. What we said yesterday morning was, that, listen, this is the the Giants have not really faced a pass rush like this yet. The Cowboys can get after you. The Cowboys got after the Giants. Uh, that was my handicap on the Saquon Barkley over receiving yards. I said he's going to be under pressure. What better way to get out than hit that safety valve in Saquon Barkley? Uh, four, he has 45 yards, almost double 
his prop price, so good job by Saquon. And he would have had more. There was a screen pass that he went for a first down that got called back for an ineligible – the center was downfield, an ineligible man downfield. So Barkley could have had more than his 45 receiving. So something to keep an eye on when when the Giants face a team that's got any kind of decent pass rush is is that particular prop. And I still think Barkley got, like, no yards after catch for, like – like a season and a half, and now he can break tackles. Yes. And, and, well, he's and be healthy dynamic. now. I mean, yeah. that that the thirty-six yard touchdown run that he had here tonight was vintage Saquon Barkley. He looked like the Saquon Barkley that was running all over the league in his first couple of years. So uh, that's a good sign for the New York Giants. I thought Daniel Jones he made a couple of really good throws. He didn't get any help from his receivers. Kenny Galladay continues to be one of the worst contracts in the NFL. Well, Kenny, Gall- Kenny Galladay, who was complaining a couple weeks ago, saying, I should be on the field. Well, if you watch the last drive of that game, it looks like Kenny Galladay is going to be on the field more because Sterling Shepard yeah. not going to be on the field, it doesn't look like, for the foreseeable future. So that's a, a yeah, bad a break shame. for the Giants. Terrible drop, though, by Galladay that could have helped the Giants get a first down. Uh, he was inefficient. The Giants don't really have that many really good receiving options. Richie James is like the guy that steps up for them uh, in their receiving core. So Daniel Jones needs more help. He needs help from his playmakers. He needs help from his offensive line. But this is still a Giants team that fights. I mean, this first half, the Giants you know, trailed 6-3. Their defense played great. And then they take a lead in the third quarter. And I think at that point, you felt pretty good about the Giants' chances to go on and win this game. They wind up giving up 17 unanswered points, and that's all she wrote. Yeah, and this is a – listen, the Eagles look like they are the real deal. So every game matters in this division, specifically these division games. So massive win for the Cowboys tonight, really tough loss for the Giants. Does it change your opinion now of the Dallas Cowboys after Cooper Rush has won two games, and now they're 2-1? and one? Because I, I feel like we can agree that when Dak Prescott goes down – we all write off the Dallas Cowboys. I refuse to change my opinion on this team. I just can't. I, 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 I don't believe in this. I didn't like this team when they had Dak. So, no, I, 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 I'm not of the belief like some people are. I think Phil Simms thinks, oh, Cooper Rush just as good as Dak. I don't. But I didn't think this was a playoff team with Dak. So I cannot possibly say, yep, I believe in the Cowboys. No, I just don't. I, I had a little miss calculation it was tongue-in-cheek but I assessed the Cowboys odds of making the playoffs I asked someone and he responded two percent and I said that's optimistic I believe meaning there's virtually no chance I will take a little umbrage with this division race um this is almost like when um anyone was saying like uh that um, Baltimore could catch the Yankees you know or that the Yankees mm-hmm. weren't going to win mm-hmm. the division now I know they hit a point where the Yankees did actually crumble to where it was possible Philly's already clinched the division Philly's <laughs> Philly's over under I think is 12 and a half so I think Philly has virtually wrapped up this division Scott you got the latest odds on this division yeah Philly minus 285 to win the NFC East I would lay minus 300 right now. Now, I know you're not going to take that bet because you are high on the Eagles from I mean, the I, get-go. I love the Eagles. I mean, I have them winning the Super Bowl 22 to 1. I, I mean, I, but I got, I got a bad number on the 22 to 1. If Hurts doesn't get, get injured, I mean, what scenario do they not win the division? They are favored in every game the, the rest of the year, or they are projected to be favored in every game the rest of the year. So you, think be favored, say- you think they'll be favored at home against the Packers? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, that's the only one that I think is even questionable. They're better than the Packers in my power ratings right now. Oh, I disagree with that. What do you do have? You? I've got them half a point better. Okay. I think that's fair. Jalen Hurts could be the MVP of the league right now through three weeks. No one has been bumped. No. I, I, he's, not, he's not been as good as Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. Okay. L- Lamar, Lamar, maybe, yeah. But I think Jalen Hurts is... Jalen Hurts right now is the second favorite to win the MVP. Lamar's, we got Lamar fatigue because he got one. I got Hurts right there with Stafford and Jackson, you know, being and in, in, in going forward, I've got them as the seventh best quarterback. Here's the latest odds Josh Allen, three to one to be the MVP. Jalen Hurts, six to one. Mahomes and Lamar, seven to one. All right. Right. Hmm. I think we're, just, we're maybe overreacting given what, what the Eagles have done so far. And listen, the Eagles' schedule, you mentioned it. It's not like it's going to turn into a murderer's row anytime soon. It's going to stay easy. But we're not overreacting because the Eagles are projected to win 12 and a half games. And if you're, you're going right. to win MVP, you're going to be bucking for the one or two seed, which is exactly what the Eagles are going to do. Yeah, you and, might be right. And we had this discussion prior to the season. What would their win total be? And it was nine. 
I saw the nine and a half on the board, and now you're saying the live is twelve and a half. I, to- which I told is absolutely wild. I told yeah. Scott preseason. I I said there is no way, no <laughs> way the Eagles are ever going to have a season win number above nine point five. I'm willing to bet you three hundred dollars on that. And Scott's like, well. Then you got to pay because it's nine point <laughs> seven already. Yes, it is. Well, I guess the battle for in for second place in the NFC East will be interesting as the season goes on. Elsewhere in the NFL, the Patriots lost more than a football game on Sunday as Mac Jones is dealing with what's been diagnosed as a severe high ankle sprain that would cause many to have surgery is what was reported to Adam Schefter. So are, are they saying that Mac Jones is too tough for surgery? He doesn't need – he's too hard. Uh, but whatever the case, Jones is going to miss multiple games. And the backup situation in New England is there's no Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, there's no Jacoby Brissett. They've got a rookie, Bailey Zappi, out of uh, Western Kentucky, mm-hmm. who, listen, I loved as a college player, but yep. he's a, a, a small school rookie. And Brian Hoyer – who has lost 11 consecutive starts dating back to 2016, which is the longest active streak in the NFL. Sorry, Sam Darnold, it's not you. It's Mm -hmm. Brian Hoyer. Uh, And, of course, they faced the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay this week where the Packers don't lose anyway. Something tells me the Packers won't be losing to a a backup quarterback here. In fact, the Packers favored by 10.5 points now. Steve, let's talk about your your quarterback power ratings. What is the drop-off from Mac Jones to Brian Hoyer, and has the line moved accordingly? Three-and-a-half-point drop-off. And, you know, the beauty of this is that no team is easier to price quarterback-wise than New England because Hoyer is a dead-average backup quarterback in my numbers. Three-and-a-half points worse than an average starting quarterback. And Mac Jones, he's a zero. He's, so he's he, an average he's quarterback. Joe Tannehill, um, Tua, average quarterback, where I've got him. Maybe I got Tua too low right now. But uh, three and a half point drop off. And when I priced that for, along with a downgrade for New England last week, I actually came to what the current number is. And there was no value there. I will say this I caught a stale first half, got Green Bay minus four first half. Oh, wow. Okay. So, which some, presumably that's when they're going to be dealing with the most issues. You know, a quarterback taking his first few snaps. It seems yes. like that's the time where things would go the, yeah. the worst. And listen, Whatever you've thought about how the Patriots have handled their offensive play calling duties, things like that this offseason, it just got a lot worse because it's one thing to have a a quarterback in there. And and Belichick may have said, you know what, I trust Mac Jones enough to deal with these guys, with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, like kind of sharing play calling duties. Now he's out. I, I think this Patriots offense is a pure fade right now. It's going to be real conservative. It's going to be a lot of Ramondre Stevenson. It's going to be a lot of Damian Harris. They are not going to throw the ball. Uh, that current first half line, Fez, is, is Packers minus six. So getting that four is just you know huge. You know, you mentioned Stevenson and Harris. So fantasy football players are paying attention to this, that Harris was the number one guy until last week when mm-hmm. all of a sudden Stevenson – mysteriously became the bell cow, yeah, if you well, will. Bill, Bill Belichick is the worst for fantasy owners when it comes to running backs. Yes. You just never know. On a week-to-week basis, he rides the hot hand, and he just goes with a different person every week. <laughs> but word did get out on this one, mm-hmm. a rare case where New England tipped their hand because I can tell you that rush yards, that uh, Stevenson was like 35 and Harris was 45, and then boom, uh, little they flipped the, uh, the favorite mm-hmm. on last minute on Sunday. This was one of the prop bets that I saw moving around. Yeah. Right before uh, game time. And New England, who finally, you know, I say got their offense going, scored 26 points, which yep. is by far the most they've scored. That was more than they scored in the, the Des- first two two weeks combined. Despite Mac Jones throwing three interceptions. Yeah, so it, not the best timing for them. Uh, obviously, going to Green Bay, not the best timing. What, in your mind, Fez, does this do to the Patriots going forward this season? Well, I like to evaluate teams by season wins. I'm like, that's the valuation that I care about. I don't care about Super Bowl odds because you can't bet no, and even if you could, which you can, I guess, at Circa, you got to bet $300 to win a dollar on the nose on teams like this. But um, seven and a half I was a number I saw. It's not on the board right now, but I saw it earlier on New England. I'm like, in what universe is New England going to be able to go eight and nine now? Uh, I love under seven and a half. That would be a bonus best bet for me. Well, here's what looks good when uh, we did our um, 
over-unders in each division on the Dream Pod. And uh, Team AJ and Scott had, in the AFC East, the Miami Dolphins over nine, which Mm -hmm. through three weeks looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. And we had the New England Patriots under eight and a half. Tasty. There he goes with the Tasty. with the grandstanding, the showboating. The next thing you know, he's gonna these these guys are gonna rip off their shirts and just start start flexing. Now let's let's caveat all of this with one thing. After this game uh, at Green Bay, the schedule really opens up for the Patriots, and it's Lions, Browns, Bears, Jets, Colts, Jets. I don't think that opens up. The Lions are a tough team. They're three and ATS this year. They are tough out. And the, the Lions are a tough out. The Lions aren't a good football team. I think I heard there's a big confusion there that the Lions are a good team. I heard the Lions. Yes, I like that. The Lions still stink. <laughs> the Lions fight hard for a shitty team. That's there's a big difference there. That's not going to be an easy game for the Patriots. Neither is the game. Against I'm not the saying any of these games are going to yeah. be easy. I'm going to say these are these aren't games that we're going to just assume the Patriots lose. Like, are, think are, how sad I am if I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan, where oh. you just said that the Lions stink and they're laying a touchdown against my team. Well, you should be mm. sad if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan. Let me ask you a question. Legit. And both of you can answer this. Should Bill Belichick play Brian Hoyer or Bailey Zappi? Listen, you, Bailey Zappi's not your quarterback of the future. Why, why not? Because you used a first-round pick on your quarterback of the future. Matt, Mac Jones is your quarterback of the future. Okay. It's not like he's getting older. and It's his right, second right, year sure. in the league. He was the best rookie in the league last year. The future doesn't have to be two, three years from do now. I, the future do I can think, be eight years from now. Here, here's what Seven I do think years. about Bailey Zappi. You want to see what you got in him at some point. And I think you go with Brian Hoyer. He's, he's your backup, like Fez said. He is a, a middle-of-the-road backup. Did he play in that Bahamas Bowl game? I do not know. Oh, Bailey Zappi, are you yeah. talking about? Oh, yeah. Hmm. A lot of scoring. A lot of scoring. Well, there, there was is. always Thanks a lot for of adding. Bailey no, Zappi yeah. will always that was have a lot of 49-14 game that ended 49-48. Yeah, there will always be a lot of scoring, at least with old Bailey Zappi. I don't know about NFL Bailey Zappi. Things may be different for him. But I do think if, if Brian Hoyer gives you any reason to see what you've got in Bailey Zappi, you do it because – We've seen the Patriots do this before. They can mm-hmm. turn a, a a relative unknown backup quarterback into draft picks. I can tell you this: nobody's giving you draft picks for Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer's not the next Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not the next Jacoby Brissett. Bailey Zappi could be, but again, these we're talking about Matt Patricia and Joe Judge grooming a young quarterback. This isn't the old Patriots where they've got, you know, offensive masterminds working with these guys, Tom Brady tutoring these guys. Mm. It's a lot different world right One now. One more question. Let's say Mac Jones is out for longer than expected. Doesn't respond well. He eventually needs to go under the knife. Whatever it happens. Do the Patriots bring in another quarterback? I don't think so. I, I think the Patriots take their medicine. And maybe I don't think they draft another quarterback. I think that they. No, I'm saying for this year. Do they? Do they sign oh, another? No, why? They, are the Patriots better than the Bills? Are the Patriots better than the Dolphins? The Patriots aren't a playoff team. Like it's, they're just not. Like it, they were a borderline. Maybe they, if things broke right, they could make the playoffs. Losing your quarterback in week three for the foreseeable future is that's not things breaking right for you. So no, I don't think the Patriots. If the who could they go out in there and get that would make them a playoff team at this point? Cam Newton. Doesn't We've make seen play, that yeah. show. Right. Cam Newton in New England. That, that I was gonna, I was going to say I, I I would put Ryan Fitzpatrick on speed dial before Cam Newton. I think <laughs> I think you're right about that. All right, uh, let's let's move from one quarterback who's apparently gutting it out and toughing it out and not getting surgery when he well, most people would have surgery to another guy. And RJ had a question for us about him. Could the case be made that Herbert, though he played a bad game by all appearances, that the tenacity, the toughness, the single-minded doggedness, all those words that mean something, I guess, could we upgrade, though it was a horrible performance, though they got blown out, though he doesn't win games, it seems, Herbs, could it be he's even better because of playing so badly this week? All right, there's R.J. Bell coming at me for my love of Justin Herbert. And I'll say that Justin Herbert did stink this week. Uh, It's not surprising that he did. 
I'll I'll say this. It doesn't make him better, certainly, because he wasn't good. We've seen him be very good. This week, he was not good. So clearly, this injury is not making him better. What I will say is, and I think RJ would agree with me, you want your quarterback to tough it out. You like if if he can get out there and take the shot and do it, like you, you like that in your quarterback. I'm not saying it's the right move. I'm not saying it's the right move for that particular game, but you want a quarterback who is a who's a a dog. Like you can't you can't tell him, hey, get out of here, you sit down this week. You want a guy who's gonna say, Nope, I'm playing. Let, let me talk to the doctor. I'm playing. Now remember, this is the same staff that basically nearly killed Tyrod Taylor trying to give him a pregame shot. And Justin Herbert said, you know what? Do it anyway. Get me out there. I don't get this. (laughs) What is going on? In the NBA, if LeBron James, like, tears his Achilles with the Lakers up 31 in the fourth quarter or down 30, the coach would get fired. Why is the NFL different? Why is this? uh, Are you asking why he was in the game late? Yeah. I mean, I think this is. They asked him that in the postgame press conference. He said he didn't want to come out. He, Who they, cares? You're the coach. Uh, listen, who's more? Who's got more leash in this? I with just this saw the miracle in the Meadowlands. You want to hand the ball off to Zonka, right? Now, yeah. No, I'm the coach. You take a knee. You know, we go. We, we, I mean, that's the old, old NFL you're talking if about. You're, if 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 Herbert had gotten like like one of his ribs cracked into his like lung and he was out for the year because he took a hit in the fourth well, quarter, the everyone said, should lose their jobs forever. Well, everything that we are hearing is that he. He, he's not. There's no risk of injuring himself further. It's, it's just pain a pain tolerance. tolerance issue. So if there really is no health risk besides his pain tolerance, then there's no reason for him to come out of the game. I don't believe it. I don't believe there's any injury. Well, all right, Doctor Steve. I like, mean, it doesn't. Does it? I mean, does that pass the common sense? They, they, I mean, like, Jameis Winston has a broken back. Yeah, and he's, and he's out his, there playing, and, 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 and he's taken his life in, 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 into um, danger each and every snap. Get them out of there when they're down 28. Well, listen, Justin Herbert said he's not a quitter. He wanted to finish the game. Do I think it's smart for his long-term future? Definitely not. But do I think Justin Herbert even hobbled, gives the Chargers a better chance to win football games than Chase Daniel? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Like, as bad as Justin Herbert was, you think Chase Daniel was going to go out there and throw for 300 yards? No. Like, it wouldn't have – like, this game – and let's face it. What really happened in this game is it, the game started out saying this is about Justin Herbert's injury, but as the game went on, the game script was much more about what happened to the Chargers injury-wise on the defensive side of the yeah, ball. Yeah, Joey Bosa, significant groin injury. He's day-to-day. And they wilted. They, yeah, they wilted. Yeah. Basically, they, Jacksonville was having success, and then in the second half, Jacksonville picked up a key fourth and one, 50-yard touchdown. They didn't punt the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Score, 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 score. Yeah, the defense the defense fell apart when they started to get hurt, and it, they, it never went back their way. So, I know the the story is going to be well, Justin Herbert played hurt, but there were so many other Chargers on both sides of the ball. J.C. Jackson wasn't out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Lindsley, the starting center, wasn't out there. Rashawn Slater, the starting tackle, weren't out there. Like well, he's now done. Yeah, yeah. So these and these are like these aren't just guys. Chargers like, being Chargers. I have a stat here. Peyton Manning lost his first nine road games. Then he won the, the tenth one against the Chargers. <laughs> Lawrence lost his first nine starts on the road. Now he's one and nine against the Chargers. Chargers being Chargers. Here's one thing I think you do. The, the number that jumped off the board to me for this game was the Chargers held the football for 22 minutes. If you said, hey, your quarterback's got a busted rib, my entire game plan is centered on Austin Eckler and finding a way to have success running the football. And it was never in their, in their game plan. It was never in their game plan to shorten the game. It was like, we'll just go out and try to do what we do. Herbert wide open, throwing off the wrong foot, 40 yards down the field, taking a shot as he's doing so. Listen, it works usually. Didn't work this week. He's very good. What? So I guess what RJ's asking is, do I think more of, I think, I think he's a tough guy, which I want my quarterback to be a tough guy. I think he's making poor business decisions right mm-hmm. now. And poor decisions, if, if, the, if the coaching staff can't adjust to what they've got on the field, 
then the decisions that he's making, putting himself on the line, are for naught. Mm-hmm. Because if they're not going to change their game plan to their situation, to the injury situation, then Justin Herbert's wasting his time anyway. Fez, any change to your rating of the Chargers with the Herbert injury? They're five-point favorites in Houston for this big, coming week. Big time. So I've, I've lowered the Chargers from last week two and a half points, and that's a combination of playing very poorly, Herbert not being 100%, I feel, um, and, you know, all the injuries. So I don't know if that's enough. I've got the Chargers. I want to ask you. i got the Chargers in Jacksonville. Both those teams now rated equal. Think about this. So the Chargers were just laying six and a half. Fast forward 24 hours, and I've got them both average teams in the NFL, and I don't know if that's inaccurate at all. Would you say the Chargers are better than an average team, and would you say Jacksonville's worse than an average Well, the Chargers team that was on the field no, on, but sun, no, I'm on saying Sunday, going forward, though. Well, I, again, I don't know the, the long term of, Joey, uh, of Bosa. I don't know what, how long he's going to be out for. I don't know how long Keenan Allen's gone. I don't know how long J.C. Jackson's this gone. This week. This week. I, I don't think you're off base. I think that this is this because the the Chargers are a team, and we talked about the Rams as a team like this, a team that's very top heavy. Mm. It's a a stars and scrubs mentality. Mm. You've got a ton of your salary cap is taken up with your probably your top seven or eight guys, and everybody else is, you know, probably slightly below average. When three or four of those guys, those stars, get hurt. Your team is not very good. Well, they're playing the Scrubs this week because they're at Houston, and Blue Horseshoe loves the Houston Scrubs plus six and a half because all the money is on the underdog. Well, right now it's a line is five. The summer look-ahead line for this was eight. Hmm. So this is now three points off the look-ahead line. Let's, let me ask you guys this about it, and I'll, I guess let's ask it retroactively too because this number with Jackson, with Jacksonville was 10, and then it pushed down to seven. And then the news came out that Herbert wasn't going to play, and the line went to three, Mm -hmm. and everybody makes their move, and then they say, just kidding, Herbert's decided to play. At what point did you as a pro consider – I better get some chargers in my pocket. Oh, I was ramming and jamming. This is what this is, you know, this is what pros do. We bet numbers. So I bet up I bet a boatload of minus three and a half and minus one seventy-five when I I got the text, you know, Herbert's playing. Now, having said that, I wasn't naked because early in the week I'd bet plus seven and I went back to plus seven. I bet more plus seven. So When, when you knew Herbert wasn't practicing. Uh, when, yeah. when when Herbert wasn't practicing, and then I bet it again when, when um, you know, right before kickoff, because I said this is an overreaction. There's no way if if it, it was a game time decision that even if he's playing, that he's going to be a hundred percent. And frankly, mm-hmm. you know, I would argue the best bets to make when that news first broke was to play. You could have played Jacksonville over uh, six and a half wins and Chargers under 10.5 wins when it looked likely that Herbert wasn't going to play. This was midweek. I was actually at the gym, and I got that text. I'm like, you know what? Play the derivative markets. You know, tr- Obviously, try to get at the plus you know, 6.5 or 7. Those were gone. And then we look at alternative ways to get at you know, pro-Jaguars um, anti-Charger. So where do you want the Texans, and where would you start to say, uh, that's too much? I, mean, I Give me the Chargers. I'll go to my power rings. So I got the Texans a minus six. I got the Chargers at a zero. That makes it six on the neutral. Give the Texans two for home field. Four is what my number would be. That means to have a positive expectation, uh, four is important. Five is not. Plus six is a slam dunk. Less than plus six. Eh, man. So if four comes back, if, if four comes on the Chargers, you'll buy some Chargers. No, because that's what I make it. I make the oh, line. Okay. I make the line four. I think four is correct. But just because I make it four – it doesn't mean I can bet plus five and have a profitable wager. I, remember, I got that that nasty minus a dollar ten that's getting in the way. I have to win more than fifty one percent. I got to win fifty two point four to break even. And the, let's face it, the game's not going to land on five. I want to talk situational spots when it comes to betting. There's obviously a lot of factors that come into play. Uh, I know you and RJ on your market report podcast here on this Dream Feed talked about the Dolphins Thursday night going up against the Bengals. The humidity game that they just played against the Bills, short week, all that stuff comes into play. That would be a situational spot, correct? Exactly. So it's one of those games where before the Dolphins played on Sunday, you'd say really bad spot. Dolphins playing at home in the heat and humidity, and then they got to go to Thursday and play at Cincinnati, and then it wasn't just hot. It was 100 degrees. And Players de- dropping like flies. Yeah. Defense was out there for 90-plus plays. Mm. 
Um, you couldn't ask for a worse situation. It, from a uh, power rating standpoint, what would you do with the Dolphins and the Bills after that game? I lowered Miami by half because they got whomped statistically. They got outgained by over 200 yards. I know that's controversial because they won the game as a five-point underdog. Although but- there were several turnover-worthy plays that did not get converted into turnovers. Josh Allen almost threw about five interceptions in that game that sh- that went right through defenders' hands. So the stats might have been a little bit misleading there. If you look at the turnover expectations, it was a little bit worse. And I did not – I saw those, and I did not upgrade Buffalo. I did not feel Buffalo – Buffalo neutral. Buffalo neutral. I lowered Miami by half. Okay. Interesting. Uh in sticking with the situational spots, and I guess South Florida does come into play here, Hurricane Ian. Uh, we've already seen, AJ, the college football totals be oh, affected yeah. by this, right? Like games all along. Which the never happens on a Monday. Like you never see big totals moves on a Monday. You know, like it, it, They're happening because everybody's expecting this weather. Yeah, so first thing in the morning, bang. And I got a piece of this, the Duke and the North Carolina games. Yep. Normally, I would love to play those games over 53. I would make them, we made our toes way, way higher. Bang, I bet them both under because of the weather forecast. You have to tie me up and put a gun to my head to make me bet a North Carolina under. And even I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe that's the, maybe it's the spot. But I, don't know. I, I think this is honestly, call me crazy. Everyone's overreacting way too early. It's Monday. Meteorology <laughs> when, when these moves are happening, it's Monday. Is, it's crazy. Being a meteorologist is one of the best jobs that you can do because you could be wrong and no one cares. Nope. Well, oh. I actually have a meteorologist. I've got a weather guy on the payroll, and he's rarely wrong. And he had me bang. He didn't have me bang the whole Eastern Seaboard. He had <laughs> me bang those two games, and then boom, he came out with an urgent Coastal Carolina. I like that coastal. Uh, go under 64, and it's down to 60. So you can't wait because if you're going to wait, now you're going to lose four points. This is where I think you might get burned. Some of these games might not play. It's happened before. It, it has happened before, and it's certainly a concern. Although if it's a change in venue, then it's going to no be action. Or, or, then it's going to be no action mm-hmm. and, and a refund. But you're right. Um, what happens if they move it 24 hours and they play it, you know, the next day type of thing? The that, line stays the same, and yeah. your action is good if they move the game up to Friday or if they move it back to Sunday, which they have also done in the past. One thing they won't do it for is the Baltimore game, and that's certainly going to get whacked with weather. And I and I, I came in on the Baltimore. I didn't get the very best number. I played under 53 and a half. Normally, I would never have played this game under. But um, I get I get rain and wind in any fifty three game that's just too high. Boom. So under. the Bucks are not even the Bucks have evacuated. Tampa. Yeah, the Bucks are in Miami they're, training. They're they're practicing in Miami. That game is for Sunday night. Everything looks like the weather should be cleared up by Sunday night for uh, the Bucks hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. But you mentioned maybe the Ravens at home against the Bills. That's the one you're talking about. Yes, that is the one um, NFL Hurricane game that I hit. And again, I'm just. I'm just getting reports from from my my guy. Can't he get any? This is a guy we call him the weather fucker. Um, he I don't know if he can name a player. All right, all he does is look for rain and wind, mm-hmm. and as soon as he's got a forecast that he feels is accurate, he sends it my way and I hit it. Okay, I, I'm seeing right now. Uh, if I look at the Doppler, I'm seeing a 58 percent chance of precipitation. And uh, winds to the northeast at 12 miles per hour for Sunday. I certainly hope that I, I get more adverse weather, weather than that. I'm rooting for the hurricane to womp on on, on the uh, whatever venues I bet. And for that conversation that you had about the Bengals and Dolphins game, uh, be sure to listen to the Monday Market Report podcast with uh, Fezzik and RJ right here on this Dream Preview podcast feed. Final two weeks of a little less than that of the Major League Baseball season. And the biggest story is not about who's going to clinch division titles, but whether or not Aaron Judge will hit his 61st home run to tie Roger Maris's record for the most home runs in a single season in the American League. He's been stuck on 60 for several days. The Sunday night game was a major rain delay and ESPN kept that game going because they wanted to hold on to it just in case Judge was supposed to lead off the next inning. But they called the game. The Yankees then go up to Toronto. Tremendous underspot with the Yankees having that long night on Sunday night. Fade the Sunday night baseball teams. 
Seven and a half, Kevin Gosman on the hill. I digress. 3-2 Blue Jays win. But Aaron Judge does not hit home run number 61. Fez, is he going to get it? Nine games left. Will he get number 61? I believe he will. I'm going to throw this out. This will be controversial. If you're a, um, not a tomato can, but you're just a, a middling MLB pitcher, I don't know. I kind of like to tell my grandchildren I gave up the 62nd home run to Aaron Judge. So, yeah, you, so it's kind of like uh, whoever the pitcher was, I, I don't even know, who gave up Pujols' 700th. Just kind of milked it in there. You know, just say, you know what? I'm going down in history. You know, I can't re- recall who did I will that. be shown in highlights forever. Who gave up Hank Aaron 715? Whoever, I, I should have whoever did is a hero. <laughs> I should know this. You know, I mean, do you guys disagree that that's certainly? I'm, I'm certainly not going to walk him. If 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 there's three balls, I'm 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 just throwing a fastball right down the middle. Maybe so. Nine games left for the Yankees. Here's what the schedule looks like in terms of the pitchers that they will face. Two games left here in Toronto, where the Yankees will face Jose Barrios coming up tonight, and then Mitch White on Wednesday. Then there's an off day. The Yankees will have three games at home, the final three games at home, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday against the Baltimore Orioles before wrapping up the season with four games in Texas. And, A.J., you know, in Texas, a lot of home runs in that ballpark. No doubt, and it's it's as good an opportunity as he's going to have. I said that he would go through a dry spell. I think it's going to be coming to an end. I think this is where it ends up happening. And Where? if I'm a Texas pitcher, how much in endorsements is it going to be worth it to me to give up a, the 62nd? Well, could you imagine if he— <laughs> What you just said, we don't even know who gives up these home he's runs. Got, I, he's got to get to the 61 first, Fez. But what if, he, what if he doesn't have a home run for the next five games? And then the Yankees go into Texas. They've already clinched the American League East. The magic number is one, by the way. They've already clinched the American League East. They've already clinched the two-seed in the American League playoffs. Right? Great. He's going to have five days off. Put him out there every night. Okay. That's the question. Right? Slam dunk. You do, yeah. Of course. He's also in the running, though, for the Triple Crown. It'll be the first American League Triple Crown since uh, Miguel Miguel Cabrera Cabrera. did it. Call me. Second since Carl Yastrzemski. Call me a conspiracy guy. You don't think the Yankees brass might not call down to the Texas brass and them have a little conversation about how, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats in baseball and how this is a this is a great story. Is this like the Michael Strahan sack? <laughs> exactly. Uh, great example. So if he, everyone wants him to get it. If he No one ever over. liked Roger Maris. <laughs> they rooted for him not to get this record. It's about time we got him out of the record books. So if he doesn't homer in the next several days uh, and he doesn't do it at home, then maybe there will be some sort of conspiracy uh, for what's going on. <laughs> Although I will say this. On Tuesday night, you want to play the prop of Aaron Judge to hit a home run because the starting pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, as I mentioned, is Jose Barrios. Jose Barrios this season has allowed 29 home runs to opposing batters. That is the third most home runs allowed by a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball this season. You know, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to come over the top. Toronto's fighting for a playoff spot. All of your numbers are fantastic, but the, the odds makers are well aware. They're also well aware the public is going to come in so hard. On yes. It's going to be like plus 160 yeah. when it should be plus 230. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get two to one on the guy. Like, like you're going to tell me that a guy can has a one-third chance of hitting a home run. Because here's remember, I, that's here's not just. I'd, here's what I'd rather play. Yeah. Over total basis. Rather than, will yes, no on home run. Instead of getting. Play the, the over plus, one and a half. Play the over one and a half total basis. Yeah. If he homers, he homers, but he could double. And, he could and, get two singles. And the and it's 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 close to a proxy, and it wouldn't surprise me if you don't get better odds for him to go over one than to, to, to hit a home run because the home run will get it'll start out two to one, but like you said, blinking, it's gonna go down, down, down. Aaron oh my goodness. All right. Aaron Judge over home runs right now, plus two hundred to hit a home run. That's over a half a home run, it's plus two hundred. It should be higher than that. The next the and and here's time. why. It would be easy to say real quickly, well, wait a minute. He hit 60 
and he plays 150 games, you know, that's that, that that's 60 but and now, 90. But he hits two or three in some games, so he so, only actually homers in like 38 of yeah. those games or so, whatever, more than that. But you can Here's the, the odds on the over one and a half total bases, minus 120. Think that's a play? I would much rather play the over one and a half. Over one and a half at minus 120? I don't have the numbers on how many doubles he has for the year, but, yeah. I mean, he could get two singles. He's yeah. the triple crown. He's the triple crown. He hits, gets, a lot, gets a lot of hits. <laughs> he gets a lot of hits. All right, that's just one of the Major League Baseball games that we have coming up here on Tuesday. Let's run it down here on The Look Ahead. We start with the Tampa Rays in Cleveland to take on the Guardians. Corey Kluber on the hill for Tampa. Shane Bieber. Going for the Guardians, Cleveland minus 155, a total of seven in that game. The Reds take on the Pirates in Pittsburgh. It's Mitch Keller on the hill for the Pirates. Hunter Green for the Reds. Pittsburgh minus 115 with a total of seven. You know I love overs when Hunter Green is on the hill. The Royals take on the Tigers in Detroit. It's a pick'em game with Zach Greinke on the hill for KC and Joey Wentz going for Detroit. Braves are at the Nationals. Atlanta with a big win on Monday. They will face Paolo Espino going for Atlanta is Kyle Muller. No line out on this one just yet, but Atlanta's going to be heavily favored. The Braves will enter this game trailing the Mets by just one game for the National League East, and those two teams will play a three-game set starting this weekend. Mets with the tiebreaker, right? Mets with the tiebreaker. Uh, we mentioned the Yankees and the Blue Jays, Jamison Tyone and Jose Barrios. It is a pick spread right now with a total of seven and a half. Yankees' magic number to clinch is one. The Blue Jays' magic number to clinch a playoff spot is three. The Orioles are at the Red Sox. Kyle Bradish on the hill for the Orioles against Michael Waka for the Red Sox. Waka, 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 11 and one. On the season, Boston minus 130 at home. Marlins are at the Mets. Pablo Lopez on the hill for Miami. Carlos Carrasco for the Mets. Mets are minus 220. And as I mentioned, they are one game up on the Braves for the NL East lead. White Sox are at the Twins. Lance Lynn on the hill for Chicago. They're minus 120. Bailey O'Bear on the hill for the Minnesota Twinkies. Can I bet against both of them? Two dead teams that both fell on their face in this race against the Guardians. Total is seven. Bet the over. Phillies are at the Cubs. Zach Wheeler on the hill. He goes against Marcus Stroman. Philly minus one. 65. The Cardinals are at the Brewers. Miles Michaelis gets the ball for St. Louis. Adrian Hauser from Milwaukee. This is a pick'em spread with a total of eight. Brewers, one of the best home run hitting teams in all of Major League Baseball, could possibly look to the over in this one. Diamondbacks are at the Astros. Zach Davies on the hill for Arizona. Lance McCullers gets the ball for Houston. Houston minus 225, total of seven and a half. It's amazing. The Astros keep winning when they have absolutely nothing to play for because they've already clinched the number one overall seat in the American League postseason picture. The A's are at the Angels. James Caprillion on the hill for Oakland. Pablo San, oh, excuse me, Patrick. I always call him Pablo because I think about Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. You remember Kung Fu oh, Panda, yeah. right? Patrick Sandoval gets the start for the Angels. LA minus 210. The Angels. It's not Shohei Otani pitching. The Angels are minus 210, total of seven Ugh. and a half. Yeah, good luck. Minus two ten when Otani's not pitching. Yeah. No thanks. Good, good luck laying that. Uh, Dodgers are at the Padres. It's Tyler Anderson on the hill for LA. San Diego will counter with Blake Snell. Dodgers are minus one twenty. The Rangers are at the Mariners. Robbie Ray on the hill for Seattle. Looks like Jesus Tinoco gets the start for Texas. No spread on that game just yet. And the Rockies are at the Giants. Herman Marquez gets the start for Colorado. Logan Webb goes for the Giants. Giants just seem to win whenever Logan Webb pitches at home. San Francisco minus 190 with a total of seven. Current standings update. The only thing that's up for grabs right now is that National League East where the Mets have the one-game lead over the Atlanta Braves. Wild card race. The Baltimore Orioles, not dead yet. Three and a half games back of the Seattle Mariners for that third wild card in the AL. And in the NL, the Brewers trail the Phillies by a game and a half for that third wild card. One more thing to watch for tonight if you're into TV and not into baseball. Dana White Contender Series. There's a fighter on the card who is minus 2,500. He is 2-0 and has a minute and 35 
seconds worth of cage experience. He's facing a seven and one fighter, Bo Nickel, three-time national champion wrestler from Penn State, the former Big Ten Athlete of the Year, won that award over Dwayne Haskins and Carson Edwards in 2019. One of the biggest prospects in all of MMA, but these lines are out of control. Minus 3,000 he closed in his last fight. He'll be minus 2,500 today. I'm guessing as the day goes on, money comes in on him. Worth a watch if you're into that sort of thing. Bo Nickel, one of the best wrestlers in the history of college wrestling. His third fight tonight on Dana White's Contender Series. So you do not recommend plus 1,200 on Donovan Beard? I do not. 7-1 Donovan Beard. It's a nice resume. I don't think it Donovan Beard here's his quote. I don't think he's wrestled with someone like me yet. Okay. <laughs> Fez, when you see a t- minus 2400 favorite on the board, what do you even do with that? So I can I can bet both sides. So I can bet $2 to win 24 and then I can also bet $30 to win 1. And I can guarantee that I either lose $1 or $6. That sounds like a rather unfair straddle to me. Um, you know, people, like, it turns out the bookmakers hold on this stuff is like really small. Like, I'll give an example. You see a random person, you guess their birthday, okay? Um, and I'll give you 100 to 1, you guess it right. You don't know the person. Mm-hmm. Or you got to lay 1,000 to make a dollar. You bet no. Okay, obviously both wagers are terrible. It's 365 to 1. Yeah. The household on that is like well under 1%. So the, the cockroach bookies always say, well, we have to preserve our 4.54%, and that's why we have such big straddles. Well, that's just to pre- preserve your whole percentage, but it's absolutely impossible to win with these huge bid-ass straddles. Well, Bo Nickel, who's won in 33 seconds and won his second fight in a minute and two seconds, you can bet him to win inside the distance minus 500. So if I were saying, hey, go out and make a bet on this, Inside the distance. You, you know, I'm going to throw the odds makers under the bus. Why isn't there a 50-50? So is he going to win and within, you know, whatever it is, four and a half minutes, if Rocky won, could could set a line, can, can Rocky go three? Because Vegas says no. Two and a half rounds over under against Apollo Creed. Why can't they do it? Ooh, nickel wins in round one, minus 200. Now, That's as fair as they can get. My, wait, so, so the over under is two minutes, basically. He's got five minutes. To, oh, five to, minutes. So five, the over-under is yeah. really like three. It should be like three, right? Yeah, yeah. Three. Would, would you go over under three minutes? I would go under three minutes. How about two? See, we're going to get to an equal. There. We're getting to an equal. It's getting point. risky there. So, I mean, is this so this? Is he just like a submission specialist? Is he a knockout yeah. guy? Like, what? I mean, he's won one by knockout and one by submission, but he's going to take you down and do what he's physically just a monster. I mean, is it? I hope there's an undercard. There's five fights every every night. Somebody's <laughs> getting a con- like. This is where Dana White gives out the contracts to the UFC. Bo Nickel won last time on the show. They said, oh, you don't have enough experience yet. We want to see you one more time. My thought is he wanted a bunch of people to go to ESPN Plus and watch <laughs> these tonight because everybody's going to be watching. But every MMA fan is going to be watching Bo Nickel tonight. I'll lay the $2 on Bo Nickel first round. I think that's the move. I'll do it. I mean, you've convinced me. I All right. Well, there we go. Guy. Minus 200. It, 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 be- it beats, you know. Laying down, you know, twenty four hundred. Yeah, <laughs> it beats watching three hundred to win to 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 win a you know a Big Mac meal. It beats watching Nationals Braves too, right? It beats watching Aaron Judge <laughs> get intentionally walked a couple of times. Mm. So there you go. <laughs> All right. For oh, and don't put it in a parlay. You're still laying minus three thousand. <laughs> yeah. This is my number one pet peeve. When you lay minus three thousand, it you don't magically stop laying it when you parlay it to the Yankees. Thank you. Oh. You don't. No, you don't. Never knew that. <laughs> He's Steve Fezzik for AJ Hoffman. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Don't forget, the Monday Market Report is available as well right here on this Dream Preview podcast feed. And we got the College Football Podcast coming up here later Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. The Dream Preview Pod, Wednesdays into Thursdays. There's only one place you want to be for all your Vegas information. That is right here on the Dream Preview feed. This is Straight Out of Vegas. Hey. Yeah.